0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with Cash and Hightower.
1: This is Cash here.
0: And you've got Hightower. How you doing, Cash?
1: Man, I am just living the uh, A good uh, good week and i uh, got a, a great movie we're going to be talking about here this evening, so I'm looking forward to it. That's right. The movie my
0: good friend Cash is referring to is none other than 1991's robin hood prince of thieves
1: 30 year anniversary
0: oh my gosh you're right 91 i didn't even think about that
1: i was just looking it up before we started this call june 14th 1991 i was there
0: i was at the theater
1: so walk us through your experience before we get into the whole the plot and everything How how do you remember enjoying it when you saw it in theaters
0: Well, so I don't know if I was there on June 14th, like opening weekend or anything, but I saw this in theaters with my family. I remember being super excited to go see this. Like movies were still at the theater were still probably pretty new to me at this time. But I would remember being like super jacked up because uh, my dad liked Kevin Costner. So I liked Kevin Costner and the Brian Adams uh, song, Everything I Do. I do for you was a uh, pretty hot and heavy on MTV. They had a sweet music video that basically just kind of like showed the movie, the entire song. So I was very excited and I remember coming away, enjoying it.
1: So I can tell you too, I, I remember that music video and I, I remember seeing it all the time as a kid. But when I told, when I told the missus, what movie we were doing this, this week, she was all kinds of fired up. So she is, how we are with Kurt Russell movies she is with Kevin Costner and came up big this week and uh, reminded me that she had a copy of this movie because I didn't think I had a copy but man she was uh, she sat down she's watching it with me and she's a history teacher so she's rattling off all the historical accuracies and inaccuracies the entire movie I was like I've I've got to focus on the movie but I appreciate what you're doing
0: <laughs> I'm sure there are quite a few yeah I I feel like I, I was trying not to pay too close attention to to factual things, but uh yeah they a couple of them are pretty glaring but yeah but i don't I don't blame her for being uh on the Costner bandwagon I feel like I feel like women ages like thirty and thirty to seventy are probably in that fan club
1: it uh and plus it answers the age old question to me like how would Crash Davis handle the Crusades you know how how would he handle it and i I, th- I think there's a little bit of that. <laughs> just kevin costner that he brings into the role so i i love it and no doubt. obviously obviously we are not alone <laughs> I, I agreed
0: all right well this thing this baby is directed by kevin reynolds who worked a lot with kevin costner they did water world after this and a couple other things they did uh did you ever see the hatfield and mccoy's like the uh history i think it was
1: the tv yeah i did i i, I like that and i had bill paxton in it too didn't it yeah,
0: very very solid so they've Kevin and Kevin have worked together quite a bit. Obviously, we got Costner's the lead role. We got Morgan Freeman, Alan Rickman, Christian Slater shows up, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Fun fact, she's from Lombard, Illinois.
1: No kidding. Yeah. True story. I don't know if the miss, I don't know if the missus knows that. That's up her neck of the woods. I'll have to tell her. That's what I was thinking.
0: But yeah, you want to go ahead?
1: Great cat. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say great Graston. and I uh I so and we were laughing about this too. Like the copy of the D V D that we have, you have to flip it halfway through. So it kinda took me back to those old double VHSs when you had a really long movie and you had to you like okay, it's a stopping point and you had to put put the new one in. So that kinda made me laugh too.
0: Yeah, that was so funny. Like it it's my so my dad had dances with wolves and it was the double VHS tape. So it totally reminded me of that experience but yeah the, the double-sided dvd i feel like this was probably one of the first dvds to be released back in like 97 when they started cutting them loose
1: man it had to be because the, the even the video quality on mine i think yours is the same way probably <laughs> it's not terrible but certainly not as crystal clear as you're used to seeing now
0: did you happen to take a look at the bonus features
1: no, I didn't get a chance to. We we had somebody that was a little little fussy this weekend, so I didn't. I I got to watch it, but I didn't get to watch the bonus features.
0: It was pretty laughable. It was like written text about you know it was I thought, I was, gonna get a, I, thought <laughs> I was gonna get a video about like the making of Robin Hood and all the different movies and all the different people that have played them and you know like the reason for a remake, but it was literally just text on the screen that I had to read, like screen after <laughs>
1: screen. A PowerPoint presentation that you had to read through—that's a—that's a good time. Yeah, it's like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> and I—I always forget this too. Like right when the movie gets started, you see the Morgan Creek emblem yeah. come up, and I was like, I—I I, I turn it up. I'm like, man, I can't hear that—that that music that I know is associated with this. But I forgot this was the first movie that technically had that, and then they used it after this movie, so it became the Morgan Creek. Song, but it was first used in this movie that's great fun fact i uh, I had forgotten that I remember reading it beforehand, but yeah, so anyway um we we can dive into the movie now, so um yeah obviously things get and we open up on that scene in the the prison cell in in Jerusalem, and you know you you get an idea right away of the kind of person that Robin Hood is, so the you know they cut the guy's hand off yeah. And they use that sweet blade. I, I can't remember what the technical name of it is, but I always like the look of that blade. I
0: just kept referring referring to it as the Saracen Sword.
1: The Saracen Sword. I that works for me. Uh, we can call it that.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh yeah, so Kevin Costner in, in bearded full hair long glory is uh tries to step up and, and take the blame for stealing the bread from that guy that they're getting ready to cut his hand off, but Peter. they uh they're they're not having it, but he still steps in and intervenes anyway. Yeah,
0: good. Just you know, setting the tone for just classic. You know, very honorable man. This guy is. It's so weird seeing Costner in a beard, though.
1: I know. It, that's. It took me. I I made a note of that too. Just seeing him full beard, long hair like that. Like. I mean, it was definitely a prop.
0: There's no way that was. Oh no! Was definitely a prop and a wig.
1: Yeah, because his his hair, I don't think would. Um, I don't think it would look good if he let it go like that.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Speaking of the wigs, I have another wig question later for you as we get as we get into it.
1: Okay, but um, yeah, like I said, so he you know he steps up, tries to take the uh, take the sword, so to speak, and um, offers his hand on the table. But he's got kind of a a wry look on his face, and the guy that's holding his holding his hand down with the belt or the the leather strap pulls him in, which I mean, I uh, logistically, I don't know. I mean, he, his one arm must be really strong if that guy's got it pulled down with two arms, but anyway, okay. pulls it up. That guy gets his arm chopped off. We don't get to see it, but you know, that, that's obviously what happens in right. <laughs> the uh, what you would think is the, the full on prison break ensues, but he only has time to save uh, Azim, Morgan Freeman's character. And then what turns out to be uh Mary's brother, but very, um, uh, very action-packed, very exciting opening scene to start off the movie.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I hadn't like I feel like I haven't seen this in a while. I watched it maybe a year or two ago. I kind of forget now, but I couldn't for the life of me remember why Morgan Freeman was in jail. But it's uh, and I was like, man, are we gonna find out. And then some great scenes coming later. All about. Oh that.
1: yeah. Well, and I, I I'm like you, so I I started thinking about it, and I counted back. So I hadn't watched this movie since I was in high school. Wow! And so I, I was telling my wife, I was like, man, this has been like almost 20 years ago. I had seen this and I remembered a lot, but there were little parts that I definitely forgot, like what you were talking about, like why Morgan Freeman was in prison. So I was like, why, why is he in there? But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll cross that out. But um, definitely, definitely remembered more than I thought I would. Cause it's, it is a fun movie. And
0: what's the deal with uh, Peter when he's shot with the arrow is, the, is it poison on the arrow? I can't, I couldn't like make out what they were saying.
1: I think it was just the the way he, like, obviously took it in the back. So they they get out and, you know, he gets shot in the back. And I think it was just hit an organ or hit like a a pierced an organ. But he goes down swinging because he, like, steps out like the the hero's death trying to help give them some extra time. Well, it's funny. He's, like, dead to the world. And then all of a sudden he just hops up (laughs) and urges like, four guys. Hey, man. I like it. If you're going to go out, go out in a blaze of glory. Right. Well, and I like to, so they hide, you know, um, Robin Hood or Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman, um, you know, are running away and they hide in that alley and they're trying to avoid. And then they crack open. I, I've i always wondered, what is, is that a fruit that they have? Yeah, I don't know
0: what that is. I should have looked that up. I was kind of thinking the same thing. That's a odd fruit, but I'm sure it's native to that area.
1: And I was laughing too. I don't know if you caught this or not. So they crack it open and they're going back and forth like. You know, Azim is, is saying, "Okay, hey, you you saved my life, so I'm in debt to you." And and Robin's trying to tell him, like, "Hey, don't worry about it. You know, go, you know, sa- save yourself, kind of thing." And he kind of runs away a little bit, and Azim catches up to him. And I don't know if you caught this or not, but the way he's holding those fruits, um, it's he's <laughs> holding them right up to his chest, so it just looks like I remember we were watching. I was like, well, it looks like he's holding He's got his uh, he's got his boobs in his hands there.
0: Nice
1: but yeah they they make the uh they make the getaway um you know they escape and then we we cut to we cut to robin's dad but i want to make sure you didn't have any other comments about the the opening uh i guess like first five ten minutes there of the prison break scene no
0: the only thing i can think of is i was taken aback when tossner first first speaks as robin hood and it's just his like normal voice speaking voice no no fake English accent or anything, just, just Costner talking.
1: Yeah, and I we can talk about that now because that's one of the things. I'm sure you probably had a note on it too, but I know one of the big stinks about this movie with some people is they're, they're upset about his accent or like drifting in and out of an accent. I got to be honest with you, like watching it back now, it didn't bother me because I don't know. I guess I just, I don't expect Kevin Costner to speak in an English accent and it never really... I don't know. It it just didn't really detract from the movie for me.
0: Yeah. It didn't bug me at all as a kid. And then I feel like maybe the last time I watched it, I was kind of paying more close attention to it. And I remember thinking at times he tried to like pull off a small, like do some inflections almost, but like right from the right out of the gate, man, he's just talking just normal voice. Yeah.
1: I I thought it was funny. Like the only time he used an even somewhat convincing English voice is like the last scene of the movie which i made a note of and we'll obviously come to that but the only time i was like oh wow that's clearly him trying to be a british accent there it is <laughs> t- like 10 minutes left of the movie like oh, okay never mind we're not gonna worry about that
0: that's
1: great so yeah so the next scene um you know they uh they dissolve and they go to uh robin hood's dad and he's sitting there writing a letter um kind of telling robin hood like hey you know while you've been away things are kind of gone to hell in a handbasket here and, and people are, you know, being power hungry. And so I, and I watched this a couple times, like I said, maybe, maybe you picked up on this or you knew who was the guy that comes busting it, not Duncan. I know obviously Duncan's the, the servant for the family, but who is the guy that comes busting in? Is he somebody that works for the family? Yes.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I took it to, he either is a farmer or you know, a villager for Loxley's land so he's, you know, somewhat associated with Loxley, Loxley. So that way, like, he would obviously, you know, take action if he said something that his kid had been killed or something. So, yeah, he's got to be, I don't know if he's working for them or, you know, somehow tied back to Loxley.
1: Okay. And I had I had a little fun fact. This is more for, I, I, I hear this guy talking. I hear Robin Hood's dad talking. So. Robin Hood's dad is uh Prince Voltan in the Flash Gordon movie. Oh, okay. He uh I could hear him when he started yelling right before he charges um the sheriff's people. But you yeah, mean, anyway. Oh go yeah. ahead.
0: You mean the you mean the Ku Klux Klan?
1: Yeah, that's exactly that's what I wrote. I'm like, this is one hundred percent exactly what we're going for. And the only and they added masks too, so they they tried to add a, add a little yeah. extra flare flair, flair to their
0: yeah, what in the world was that?
1: It was so weird, and why – I guess my question was – so the guy comes in, obviously, and like I said, I wasn't sure if he worked for the family or not, but clearly the way he reacted when he when he came – when uh, Robin Hood's dad comes out and sees them all, it's like, okay, I'm sorry they gave me no choice. Like, I sabotaged you into this.
0: Yeah, he was a mole.
1: And then the sheriff takes his mask off to reveal his face, which I mean, they're going to kill him, so it's not like it's that big a deal. But at the same time, like, why are you giving away who you are in case he does get away? Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's that's for us to see the handsome Alan Rickman, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's true, and 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 looking just as, as you know, lovely as ever. Um, but how bizarre to be
0: wearing the exact outfits of the that notorious group, but it's set in. You know England and or yeah.
1: I know, yeah. I, I couldn't, it couldn't have been a coincidence because they. I mean, that,
0: they're never, obvi- that never comes back either.
1: Like no, ever no.
0: Group and It's just so weird that they made that choice.
1: It couldn't have been coincidence. I mean, I'm sure they're probably like, okay, if if you're going to do this and you're going to be a group of people outside of a house, you know what's what's the worst type of people that you can think of? And you think, okay, clan people. So yeah, no, maybe. I, yeah yeah. still they, but it doesn't come back i didn't right i didn't think about that until i watched it this week and i was like man that's that's totally a missed plot point
0: <laughs> right yeah i think the director wants us to be like oh yeah these these are bad guys like yeah that that much is evident but but for it never to ever come back again or to see any other i know see that ever range
1: i got the impression and obviously even watching the movie back there there's definitely some things that i think got um left on the editing block and, and could create some continuity errors, but oh, it happens. That. I mean, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. So then, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Four, four months pass four months. Yeah. And then we get the, uh, the beautiful shot of the cliffs of Dover, which that's phenomenal great. song, by the way, I don't know if anybody's ever listened to it, but go out that's, of your way to listen to it.
0: That's one of the best cards you can play in apples to apples. That's as well. true. That's true. <laughs>
1: But um, yeah, four months pass, and then we get the uh, the get the scene where Robin and Azim and um, I'm guessing's just some people that uh, are working or helping Robin out um, paddle into shore, and then Robin, I love this, so Robin gets in, does you know, falls on his knees, kisses the the wet sand, tries again to get Azim to go home, and Azim's like, hey, you know, I'm still in debt to you. You saved my life. I've gotta I've gotta make sure you know I, I pay my debt to you and right. so one of the guys jumps out of the boat and tries to attack him and he oh. just easily dismisses them and then it's like well hey you know I had to try and they both kind of like laugh it off like it's no big deal
0: <laughs> yeah that is that is strange
1: I had I had a good chuckle at that like hey sorry buddy it'd be like you and me getting off in a boat and be like well hey I paid these guys to knock you out but you know more power to you Hightower and let's get back to the business well, here
0: <laughs> just imagine just imagine if he had succeeded and they like knocked Z out and put him in the boat and robbing it. I'm assuming he doesn't have any money on him then, but like he's like, oh yeah, I'm you know I'm a rich kid. You know my dad owns all this land. They go back to their house and they, their their castle's burnt down. And Robin has no, <laughs> mo- no money to pay these guys, and they just beat the crap out of him. It's, uh,
1: it's 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 almost like a trading places scenario where he shows up and no longer has a house or money. Right. But well, yeah, that part that uh, part made me laugh. <laughs>
0: This is uh where we first hear this amazing score also from this film
1: it, it's it is a really good score no i i that's another note that I had kind of later on, but just the overall very um very of the time very of the period, but i mean just blasted you with overwhelming sense of triumph in a lot of places yeah. too i really i really did enjoy the score. Me too. You can, I feel
0: like there's other movies that have borrowed it since too. I, I feel like I've heard this in other films as well, but man.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. Great score. And then we, uh, we get the scene of them, you know, walking towards uh, Robin's house. And I think, you know, you alluded to this earlier too. Then we get some kind of fun uh, back and forth between Azeem and Robin Hood and, you know, okay. <laughs> Robin, Robin trying to coax it out of him. Like, Hey, why were you even in there? You know, why, what was going on? And then they get to that point, which I, so I took it as Robin jumps up and grabs that mistletoe out of the tree and, and he's like, Hey, you know, I, I got many a women basically using this. Like I'm thinking, okay, like Christmas time tradition, like, okay, kiss under the mistletoe and it seems like, we don't have to drug our women. I was like, Oh, that took a kind of a dark turn. Yeah.
0: That was a great, great line by that was <laughs>
1: But then he's talking about how we talk to our women and some women are so beautiful that, you know, they basically warp your mind. And then that's when Robin pieces together that Azim was in prison for a lady.
0: That's right. I made a note. Azim equals ladies, man.
1: And, and let's be honest, it's Morgan Freeman. He's he's doing obviously an accent, but Morgan Freeman's voice. I'm assuming even in the twelve hundreds, he's going to have his pick of the litter. It's it's just oh. a reality. Oh, yeah, for sure. One of the other notes I made, too, I left. So they're walking along that, like, stone wall. And I just kept, like, the ground beside them is, you know, three or four feet down. But it stays on the same path. I was like, why are they walking on the stone instead of walking on the grass? It seems a lot safer and smoother.
0: Yeah, I feel like, uh, in this scene especially, are they trying to tell us that Robin Hood is young? I feel like Costner is trying to act younger than he is. and it's just kind of—he's like a little bit immature.
1: It's just yeah. bizarre. I could see so that yeah. too, because he was obviously very young when he went away. Um, and yeah, I mean, you don't get a the definitive timeline of how long it was from when he left to now. But yeah, I got that same impression. He's like kind of like a an excited kid, an excited young adult. Yeah. Like I'm home and and joking and laughing. So I I could buy that, right. And then Azim, you know, curse this place. How come there's no sun and which way is east? And then we get the scene where the uh, kid's running away from the sheriff's men, including his cousin. And there, this is another thing, too. Going, you, you mentioned the score. So one of the things I wrote down is just like the expansive open fields for some of these scenes is yeah. just absolutely gorgeous that they were able to shoot yeah. in.
0: Right. It makes me want to go to England or Ireland or wherever they're at for this Yeah, so, for sure. It looks awesome.
1: But yeah, the uh you know, the kids running away and you come to find out, you know, Robin kinda sneaks down and you know, hey, what what's going on? How come we're we're treating this kid like he's, you know, the devil and he's you know, he's so bad and well he killed a killed a deer. Oh, you know, well he you know, he doesn't have any food. So the kid's kid climbs up in the tree to avoid them and all these sheriff's men surround this tree and they're going to, you know, they're going to kill this kid. And I made a couple of notes on this too. So first and foremost, like right before Robin speaks up, they're talking to that kid and then he's like, all right, cut it down. And then one guy with an ax with this enormous tree, it's like, he's <laughs> getting ready to chop this whole thing down. If I'm that guy, I'm like, Hey guys, why don't you uh, grab an ax and uh, you know, help out. Cause it's going to take a while.
0: He's like, he's like the, the, like Nottingham woodsman of the year.
1: <laughs> he's a lumberjack and he's okay. <laughs> I mean, it was like they did. He's like, he's just getting ready to take a swipe. I'm like, that is a thick tree. And you are not going to get through that by the time that kid, not everybody's going to lose interest at that point that everybody's going to like, all right, whatever, just go home.
0: <laughs> that, that tree ain't coming down.
1: And then the other part is Robin, you know, he's talking to him and they, they're, Obviously, going back and forth, and then he tells him, you know, "Hey, I'm Robin of Loxley and you know, welcome home, and you know, kill him." And then it's just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just pulls out a crossbow. Like, where was he hiding the crossbow? Yeah, under his
0: jacket. I I had the same question. That that was pretty sneaky. It was like a James Bond type move. Just
1: it, it was boom crossbow. And
0: um, I made it out here that they did a great casting for the bad guys. I mean, you just like look at these guys. Not only the, you know, the kind of the the cousin, not only the sheriff's cousin, mm-hmm. but even that first guy we see with kind of the crooked nose plate, and he's, you know, just man. These guys just look evil.
1: Yeah, all the all the henchmen really like, and you could tell they had. I'm sure they had you know fake dentures in because they have just gnarly, nasty, yellow, crooked teeth, and um,
0: those are just those are just like everyday people out on the streets of. <laughs> <I'm> like- <laughs>
1: Not just that. Hey guys, don't brush for a little while. We got a movie coming up. We're going to need you to be some extras.
0: Hey, no offense to our listeners. and No,
1: way. not at all. It's, um, but I, I did notice and especially like you don't always get that with older movies. I think I, this is a kind of a, a an off topic subject, but I don't know if you've noticed or not. Like sometimes in these period pieces and older movies, like you can tell that they still have these pearly white teeth that, yeah. Not a lot of people would have so and every single like henchman, I think other than Alan Rickman, but I think for the most part, like they all had gnarly like of the time appearance teeth, you know, you, you could almost smell them through the TV, even it seemed like. Right. Yeah, that was well done. And the guy that um, the guy that plays the cousin guy of Gisborne is, is his credited yep. name, but he was also I, he was the bad guy in the crow movie, too.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, I meant to look him up. I
0: forget. He looks super familiar, but yeah, he just looks like a bad guy. I'm on his
1: IMDB page right now. I didn't recognize a ton of things, but I knew, I was like, I really, I recognize him from something and it it was the crow. If you, um, if you want to watch something to really bring your spirits down.
0: I think he's the bad guy in a, the Morgan Freeman movie, A Long time Spider.
1: Yes, that was the other one. I they they I saw that it was a note too. Like he he was in that with Morgan Freeman, so they they teamed up together. I guess technically, second time.
0: Great book, by the way, by James. Yeah.
1: Patterson. You're the
0: back when he wrote.
1: <laughs> you're the literary guru. I am. I am the visual guy. If it doesn't have pictures, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Fair enough. And the last thing I want to note here before we before we take a quick little break here, the uh Azim is off praying, doing his own thing. Um, understandable, yeah. you know, five o'clock, pray to the pray to the east. We understand that. But Robin's like, he shoots that first guy in the head with a crossbow and he's like, Azeem, you know, get get off your knees, let's go, and like screams at him. And this is when we get our first inkling throughout this entire movie that Azeem needs to fulfill his promise to help protect Robin but he's going to do it on his terms and he's not going to do it unless he finds it absolutely necessary.
0: I love this running joke throughout the film. This is, this is is so great. He's just praying up on the Hill and (laughs) Robin fighting all these several guys. Yeah. That's, I like this. It happens
1: a few times. Yeah. I I noted that too. And it just made me laugh. He's like, yeah, you're fine. You, you made it out, you know, (laughs) but yeah. Um, Anyway, you want to, you want to take a quick break and come back? Let's do that. Excellent. We will be right back, folks. Audio. Cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans.
0: No more merciful beheadings. And call off Christmas. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Guess what I learned over the break? What did you learn over the break? Those fruits they were eating uh, out of the prison? Yes. Apparently those are called canary melons.
1: Canary melons? Okay, I I have never heard of those, and I've never seen them in a supermarket. That's for sure.
0: That could also be fake. I found it on the internet. So,
1: listen, the internet never lies. So I would take that as the gospel. Someone from
0: 2011 responded to a Yahoo uh, Answers question about that. So I'm going to take it as fact.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm going to see if I can find a canary melon. I want to try it out and see what it tastes like because it looks. It looked interesting. he's gross. It looked like they were eating primarily seeds, just from the the, scene, the way I I could see it was shot. <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, we left off talking about uh, you know Azim and uh, Robin, kind of having the playful banter about yes, yes, helping, helping out whenever he sees fit, and then we get the um, the reintroduction, I guess, of the sheriff. So. Yeah. I love it. so the cousin comes in and the sheriff is obviously, you know, being a creep on this younger woman. And he's like, hey, you know, Robin's back. Oh, you know, the prodigal son returns. <laughs> well, I wonder if he's he's found his you know, his home the way he left it, basically. It was, right. I I noted this too, and obviously it just it continues to build throughout the entire movie, but Alan Rickman just if he's not the overall star of this movie, it's it's pretty close between him and I think Morgan Freeman in some some respects, because he just he eats up screen time while he's on on there. Yeah, he
0: Rickman has 100 percent the best lines and just even like the little throwaway lines that he pulls off, like in the scene, he turns to the girl and says, who told you to cover up? Just I mean, just little stuff like that every time he's on the screen.
1: It made me laugh too because I, I saw he he passed up the role twice, and then the third time they offered it to him, like that. Basically, the way they got him to take it, at least from you know going back to what I saw online, which is never wrong, right. but it makes sense because they said he he accepted the third time because the third time they basically said like, hey, you can you can kind of do whatever you want with this role, and you can ad lib, and you can add things as you see fit, which he does to great effect throughout the entire movie.
0: Oh, yeah. I I heard that as well. I saw, I looked up some interviews, and, yeah, he basically was, he was given dialogue and just kind of put his own spin on it. Actually, he had a writer, like, helping him put his own spin on it. But, man, magical.
1: And I feel like as the movie goes on, to he hams it up even more. Like, he kind of starts off not necessarily subdued because there's still, like you said, like the who told you to get clothes or who told you to put clothes on like there's still some things that he does subtly that are still a little over the top but by the end of the movie he's like full-blown comedic villain kind of thing which is fantastic yeah
0: I mean I'll be honest with you at this point in the film coming back to it in my mind this is a movie I love and at this point it's like kind of it's kind of moving slower than I remembered yeah and Costner is not you know it's just not really excited me yet but just the the kind of like the true introduction of the Sheriff of Nottingham here, Rickman. Yeah. Like a sign of good things to come, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I agree. And 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 when he said, you know, it, it transitions pretty much right away from where he's like, well, I wonder if Robin found his home the way he left it, and then we transition to Azim and Robin Hood coming up to his castle and Robin coming in to see that it's completely destroyed and shambles. Yeah. And sees his dad in that metal. Container, I guess, for lack of a better term, I clearly dead. I don't know if he was burnt. I'm guessing that's what they were going for with how the inside of the castle looks. But um, it was a giant. Yeah, it was a giant burnt That's it. And I think that I'm I, I, my, the the history the history lady upstairs is going to have to correct me on this, but I feel like there was a torture method that they did that, like they burned people in something yeah, similar. It huh? yeah. was that.
0: I'm sure it was for prisoners, but I'm going to, I'm going to pretend it's a giant bird cage for, for, I think it
1: is. I think that's a good,
0: you put your giant rats in there.
1: You put your giant rats, but the only thing was this, this had nothing to do with Kung Fu though. So there was no, there's no karate being taught as far as I could tell. Very true. Very true. (laughs) And then we get the introduction of Duncan. Um, which I have, I have a couple things to say about Duncan a little bit later on, but the, the I say introduction, reintroduction too, because uh, he he came in earlier when um, Robin Hood's dad was writing the letter, but we see that Duncan has had his eyes taken, yeah, no longer able to see, and yeah, rough, rough, uh, rough go for Duncan.
0: Well, like Robin Hood's screaming at him for not, you know, cutting his dad down, but even if he wasn't blind. He's the frailest old man. Like maybe he just couldn't get up to reach that point to cut the the cage down. Like, geez, man.
1: Yeah. I I made a note of this and I'll I'll point it out a little bit as we go on too, but I think Duncan has the worst time in the entire movie of just about any main character.
0: I mean, I've just I've always had this for whatever reason as a kid when I saw this in theaters, man, that Duncan scene just stuck with me you don't really see anything but just like knowing his eyes are gone like you're imagining runs wild but not even when they took my eyes
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i i made him know that too like robin like grabbing him and like shaking him and screaming like why didn't you cut him down i'm like dude you you need to you know i understand you're shook because you just found out your dad's dead but yeah come to find out that you and your dad didn't have the greatest relationship before you left either. Like no kidding. don't be, don't be coming down on Duncan about this. That's not cool. Robin. Duncan's
0: like 104 years old. Cut him some slack.
1: Yeah. Ugh. But then, uh, yeah, we go into the next morning after, after they see that and Robin's got the cross and he's, he's got the family medallion. Mm-hmm. And swears, swears vengeance on the men who did this to his dad.
0: I hate this scene for one reason.
1: What's here? What, what is it?
0: The open palm knife, like, sitting. Mm. Is that, like, what an idiot. Just, like, cut your thumb or, you know, like, your arm or, but, like, your open palm. Like, that's how you grab things. I know. What a fool.
1: Robin uh, Robin gets his hand beat up a lot in this movie.
0: Yeah. Well, there's just a lot of hand, kind of like, we kind of skipped over, but Robin's Shot that dude in the hand with a crossbow earlier, and then there's another assault. On well, yeah, there's just all kinds of hand assaulting in this film. The I know hand cutting in the opening scene, yeah.
1: It's, it's, um, yeah, there's a hand. Fe- I did not put that, but this could be a hand fetish movie, it's something I don't
0: know, yeah. Because <laughs> later takes one in the
1: hand, yeah, it's very strange. So, yeah, and then you know, obviously, they're gonna go, uh, they're gonna go deliver the ring to Mary because that was her brother's dying wish to Robin was to take care of her over you know watch over her and give that ring back to her so they um they they set out to go do that and then we cut back to the sheriff and then we get the introduction of the witch uh, Mortiana Mortiana <laughs> I I want to know like on the set what they're talking cuz she has those plates and she always she's cutting herself and putting it on the plate and then she looked like those they all like like old dominoes with weird symbols on them and she's looking into the future i want to like okay what can we throw on the plate here to make it look like she's a witch looking into the future or something um Man, grab that-, that twig
0: what was that old game on like i feel like the old school my not even old school but was it you had the domino type blocks. There was a matching game. It came with oh, like
1: a, um, Mahjong. Freak.
0: Mahjong. It felt like a, yeah, Mahjong chips.
1: That's exactly what they look like.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a fun game.
1: I, I didn't even think. I was like, oh, they look like dominoes. They just have symbols on them. But yeah, that's a much easier way of saying they do look like those Mahjong tiles.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also here we have we get we establish a close relationship between the sheriff and Mortiana. And it's cut out of the movie, but she is supposed to be his mother.
1: I read that, and then I read something, too, that they – I don't know if they they filmed it and cut it out, but there was a scene where they talk about the fact that she's the mother, but then there was another one. Like there was somebody else in line to be the sheriff when they were kids, and she killed that kid?
0: Yeah, I think that's in the original script, yeah. She she kills another kid because she saw it in the future that he was going to be – sheriff and so she eliminates him and so so uh, Rickman can become sheriff but yeah there's I don't know if they filmed that scene but there was a scene filmed where it went into um, Mortiana talking about being his mom and how she wanted a pure you know blood uh, like line to the to the throne so but, yeah and apparently the director was not happy Kevin Reynolds
1: I've, i don't know i feel like that would have added a little bit more to the movie because instead it's just like you called and he, you know he came down to the layer basically like okay you called and obviously she's watches over him like a kind of like a mother would but when they don't explicitly say that you're kind of left to wonder like okay why you know why is this relationship the way that it is but yeah I, maybe it was just something he's like well it's pretty much implied and and we don't need yeah. to bog down a two and a half hour movie with an additional scene. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think I think you nailed it there. I think it, the movie's already super long, but they were just looking to make cuts, but I actually like the inclusion of this witch character. I think it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and she does a really good job, too. Like, it's... Obviously, it's, it's a witch character, so that it lends itself to being a little bit, you know, over the top or a little bit out there, but she does it... She's a witch character, but she does it, like, through the love of a mother, and... Yeah. it's it's not so ridiculous that you're like okay it takes me away from the movie but yeah i'm like I, I i enjoy the inclusion for sure
0: yeah me too
1: and then this is where she starts referring to morgan freeman as the painted man yeah
0: right
1: okay oh, i can remember that from when i was a kid i was always like that's not cool you can't say that
0: well not only that but she just she tells you the end of the film in this scene
1: yeah i've seen our death why didn't they just leave? <laughs> and I wonder too, because when when he revisits her later, which we we'll talk about later, but he comes back later, he's like, is it still too late? Like, yeah, if she right. saw his their death, like, I, I i've <laughs> that would be a good time to be like, no, we're we're still not we're still not going to make it through this, but we're we're going down.
0: <laughs> so great.
1: But yeah, great, a great scene, obviously, and you know, kind of a sense of foreshadowing. And then we cut back to. Robin and Azim and and Duncan they they arrive at the uh, at Mary's place and <laughs> I I wrote this down too so they knock on the door and they slide that little thing open like you know hey it's uh, we're here we're here to basically see Barry. and <laughs> they slam the thing shut I was like that's a very Wizard of Oz feel for me
0: <laughs> oh yeah good call definitely <laughs> just
1: I, I the only thing that would have made it better is open open it back up with the curly circular mustache not nobody <laughs> not know how. <laughs> Or if they had a horse of a different color on the inside.
0: I forgot you're a big Wizard of Oz guy. You oh, and, yeah. You oh, and, yeah. Papa and Papa Cash.
1: And, Papa and Molly Holly, too. We're all, well, I I we're the three biggest ones, but it's uh, it's a family favorite. That's
0: awesome.
1: I, I forget about that. I don't know. Did I tell you I was the Cowardly Lion in high school? I believe it, but I don't think you've told me. Oh, yeah. I was the Cowardly Lion. I, I sang and danced. Man, I still got, <laughs> I still got it on tape. I can't wait to see it next. Yeah. Next time we get a chance, I'll have to show you. It's um, it's pretty special.
0: Good. <laughs>
1: but this, we were talking about all the hand. This is another one. He's got his hand in that little sliding grate and she slams his hand. I remember I was like, my God, everybody's hands in this movie. They, If they're nothing else, they're numb for a little while, but nobody's going to be able to use their hands in this movie. <laughs> Right. And I, you know what? To
0: give the director credit, he does have a bandage on his hand from when he slit his palm earlier. So at least they're. Detail. Yeah.
1: The continuity is good. And then, you know, basically comes back and, hey, leave your weapons. And Robin's the only one allowed inside. Yeah. And he kind of gets tricked by, I think it was, I think her name is Sarah, if I remember correctly. Her, Mary's yeah. like. Yeah, I think so. I guess. PIC, your partner in crime, and then I love the scene outside too and, and Duncan and Azim are talking and Azim sneaks up on him. He yeah. just kind of shouts in his ear too. I was, it's you know, it's kind of cruel, I guess, but it still made me laugh too because they're obviously having a good character development scene there.
0: Right, and even like, so he's about to get attacked by this assassin, which turns out to be Maid Marian, and he's a pretty good line once all the Once all the, you know, fights breaking out and Duncan and Azeem are outside and Duncan's ready to, ready to throw down. But like, even to this point, I'm just like, man, I don't know this. Like, I'm just not loving this yet. Like, I don't know if you have the same reaction, but.
1: It took, it took me a little while to get back into it. So I watched it. I watched it Friday and then I watched it again today and. I remember it being long, but I didn't remember it being two and a half hours long. I don't ever remember it feeling that long, but then like when we get to this point and, and before we start getting into basically before he gets into Shearwood, it just, it's, it feels a little bit slow and it drags. And I feel like once he gets to Shearwood and that everything picks up from there, then I, then it's a lot more entertaining and enjoyable to watch for me.
0: I 100% agree. I even had a note in here. That's so once they, once the sheriff's men show up at uh, Marion's place, they have the kind of like horse chase scene where they go out into the forest. And I made a note where like, this is where like, it starts picking up.
1: I love to. So we, we get that point. So he, there, obviously he's fighting that masked assassin, which turns like you said, to be Mary. And then they go outside and like, you know, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for you to find out like this. And here's the ring. And I, I swear I would protect you. So I made a note So Robin shows up, gets into a fight, burns her hand, which is another hand injury. Oh, That's right. Tells tells her, her brother's dead. Says, we're going to protect you. And then the sheriff's people show up and he's like, oh yeah, I may have killed a couple of those people. She's like, (laughs) oh gee, thanks a lot. And then Azeem is stealing her horse with really without her permission.
0: He 100% steals like her, like her personal horse.
1: And we find out that while he was, Robin was a kid, he used to burn her hair. I'm like, I remember turning to my wife. I was like, "Well, no wonder she wants nothing to do with this guy. He's a prick. He's <laughs> Hey, like,
0: yeah, 'Hey, I'm I mean, just going to come ruin your people, day.'" Yeah. Other people have alluded to him being a jerk as a kid too. So yeah, he was a. No wonder his dad didn't like him.
1: And I, so this is another thing I made a note of too. So that it happens now. So that I, I liked the. It always made me laugh. when I was a kid, that scene where Azim's like, "Hey, you know, Robin or Christian, come here." And he's got that makeshift telescope, and then Robin looks, and he's like, "Oh God!" You know, he freaks out because he thinks they're right in front of him. Yeah, but that, I love. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead.
0: His reaction—I don't know. His reaction is almost like too corny.
1: It makes I I, I understand it is corny, and, it, and, and and like him continuing like poking forward, like he's going to stab him. That that was a little much for me. But I made a note. I wonder if the people that created the game Assassin's Creed were big fans of this movie. Cause there's two instances of people jumping off walls into giant bales of hay to soften their blow. And they do that all the time in that game.
0: Oh yeah. the developers were huge.
1: Prince of Thieves. Closet. Fans. Yeah. Closet Prince of Thieves fans. Oh yeah. For sure. But yeah, then this whole chase scene, Mary, you know, yells out like, Oh, he's stealing my horse. And you know, thanks a lot. So they take off and, basically the the running through the open field and then they get to the forest and duncan's like you know it's haunted forest and they finally get inside which once they got inside even like the the dead trees that they're looking through and everything i got a very um i got a very monty python and the holy grail vibe with the knights (laughs) of Nice scene there
0: yeah that would be great (laughs) if hear some (laughs) coconut sound effects well and i love
1: i love the reverse psychology angle too like oh you're your devil worshiping dad scream like a pig whenever I killed him. Right. Don't go out. Alright, cool. <laughs> and then then they're done. They go away. Like, all right, well that was fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm like you. So I think this is where the movie starts to pick up. So they're they're riding through the forest, you know, they're all Robin doesn't seem too concerned, but Duncan and Azim both seem a little bit, you know, skeptical about this. And then I love so he get they get to that that river and Robin gets down. And he's looking through the water, which is very clear. You can see in a couple of shots and he like pokes his sword down. He's like, Oh, we're good. You know, we got the, and then the rope comes up and trips him. Yeah. I was like, how did he not see that rope? Cause it was very clear water.
0: <laughs> that is great. This, and yeah, so we get, we get the introduction of Christian Slater's character and some other of the, the merry men, but even when like little John shows up and we have this Joe scene like this, like this especially is, I feel like when the movie takes off, I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This, this is what I remember. Like, and, yeah, here we go.
1: I, I don't, like I said, I, I hadn't seen it in a long time before this. This is one of those scenes that i I vividly remember. Um, yeah. And I don't, maybe it was just me, but I had like a memory of like both of them going over. Like, I remember it being much longer and much more dramatic than it is but i yes i i did i remembered this scene and it's it's super fun too and that the whole thing you know we, we're going to tax you for coming through you got you got to pay a tax for crossing this river and basically like well i don't have anything and then well i'm going to steal your medallion then and they they go into the fight and they're you know back and forth and robin gets his hand hit again here
0: gosh that's right the opening shot yeah. man i know
1: but I, I made a note too, and I know this, so, and we haven't talked about it yet and I don't, I don't know your, your opinions on it, but the, the part where he not, you know, he sneaks up behind him and hits him in the, in the, or hits John in the, in the, you know, mommy, daddy oh, buttons <laughs> yeah, the, the low blow, I was expecting a, ding. that's a, that's a heel move. Um, <laughs> And then John, like, I can't swim, I can't swim. And Robin's like holding him up. I'm like, how does John not look and go, wait, how is he standing? And I can't, you know.
0: Well, yeah, he's like six, seven. These waters shouldn't be foreign to him. Like, yeah, it's bizarre.
1: But this—that's what I—I I alluded to before. Like, we didn't—we t- haven't talked about the men in tights, the parody, the Mel Brooks movie that came out, you know, a couple years after <laughs> this. But they—they they make fun of this scene. You know, I think very, very well. Looking back on it too, like he—he falls into that creek. <laughs> I can't swim. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I have a, I have a question later on in the program for you. Kind of, uh, kind of regarding that film,
1: the, uh, men in tights. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I had, cause I'd seen that one more recently. So I just kept like in my mind, I kept going back to all this, all the scenes from that movie. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause like, yeah, right. That parody is basically taking scenes from it's kind of directly off of, uh, well for the most part off of Prince
1: of Thieves. But... Well, and, uh, uh, Carrie Elwes, Elwes i am not sure how to pronounce his last name—but he, they originally offered him the role of Robin Hood in this movie I saw, and he he turned it down because he thought the plot was too contrived. Which, I mean, come on, that's a little rude. It, it's a little, it's a little bulky, but it's still fun.
0: Yeah, he'd been interesting. I mean, he obviously was a great um, uh, pirate in Wow, Princess Bride. Oh yeah. But yeah, I think he, he could have pulled it off. Probably. I,
1: I always, I'm, I'm not as big of a Princess Bride fan as some others. Obviously, I remember that, but I always, he's Jonah to me from Twister. You know, he's stealing the Dorothy design. <laughs> you, know, what did, you thief. You took her from us, you thief.
0: That's great. He's also the the fake Iceman in the Hot Shots parody. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. He, and, he was in, and he was in the first and then a couple of the Saw movies, too. So he's, he's had a good career.
0: Yeah, he's yeah, he's on a ton of stuff. He, and liar liar. <laughs> he did all these parody movies. It's the club.
1: <laughs> Watch out. So we so yeah, we go we go from that scene in the river where they're they're fighting, and then they start bonding around the campfire and you get a little bit more of an introduction for everybody. And I made a note too, like so they just met Robin and Azim and Duncan and they're telling these stories and they're telling that one. And they're like, basically like alluding to the fact that they have large manhoods. And then the one guy is like getting ready to pull his out around the campfire. Like, yeah, what is this? Like, what is happening?
0: Yeah. Cut that guy off.
1: But not only that, like you don't know this guy, like this is the 1200s. This is, this is not a good way to introduce yourself, man. Oh, yeah. That guy was overserved. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but we still get the um, we we get the definitive impression from from the get go though that Christian Slater, Will Scarlet's character, is not a fan of Robin Hood, not a fan of him hanging around, and very suspicious of him.
0: He's a he's a real moody Judy.
1: He is. He's he's got um, he's got some anger issues, and he he's I I actually made a note later on in the movie. He's the Raphael of this movie.
0: He kind of is. That's right. He's got that teenage angst. No, no doubt. He about does. It.
1: It's understandably we we get at least get a little bit more of the plot later down the movie, which makes a little bit more sense. But um, yeah, still yeah. not not cool, man. Just just totally standoffish to your new new friend.
0: One of my favorite parts about this, as they're like sitting around the campfire, is when the guy goes to pass the jug past Azim and Robin Hood. It's like, whoa, dude. Yeah. You know, give some give some booze to my brother Azim there. I I like that. I like that. Uh, I like them calling that out.
1: Yeah, I I did too and it um and it seemed like well we you know I can't drink a forbids me to drink. Right. <laughs> I I right. I no, I you're right too and it made me think like I don't my mind immediately went to Big Jake at the end whenever like well, we don't we don't keep Indians in this hotel like Big Jake upset <laughs> about that. Obviously it's a different movie, but no I I agree that I'm glad that they brought that up. Yeah. Good for Robin. And they even like, again, kind of off tangent, I saw something that said like there, there was, they really um, high praise for Azeem's portrayal in this movie, like not making middle Eastern people seem like gutless savages <laughs> all the time. So um, overall just kind of tying into with, with you know, Robin saying, Hey, he's a person too. And you get that a little bit in chunks throughout the movie too, like Friar kind of, not necessarily bad mouthing, but being suspicious of him. And there's a few people call him like barbarian and things like that. But you find out that Azim's obviously a, a stand-up guy.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like he's so he's his character is Muslim, and at the end of the day, like he's the best person out of anyone in the film. Yeah, so I like definitely.
1: That. Yeah, it's a
0: good message. At the end of the day, I like it.
1: And I, you know, so then we go from from that scene to the the next scene in the church where the bishop's t- delivering his sermon of hoping for punishment for those that have wronged the sheriff. Yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> that dude,
1: like, I can even remember as a kid. Like, as soon as that guy comes on screen, I'm like, this guy's this guy's no good. He's up to no good. He's shady. He's he's not a, a stand up guy. So, but it's um. You know, you get th- you get that scene, and and this the whole thing kind of leads off with Robin asking them like, "Well, do they still give give out, basically gifts at at the end of these services?" So he dresses up, disguises the beggar, and at the end of the service, everybody kind of files out. But Mary and Sarah are the only two really that stick around, and try and give give out to to help the poor people, right. And he sneaks in, um, he's got it, you know, he's got his hood up and he com- comes up next to her and sneaks by her and like, you know, Hey, well, how you doing? Kind of, You know, what are you doing? Take a bath. You stink. And sets up, <laughs> sets up another fun scene later, but then he sneaks in to the Bishop's quarters and you get another inkling that the Bishop is, is no good. So the Bishop's, t- you know, telling Robin Hood the story of his father and, and basically saying that he, you know, he's confirming that his father was a, devil worshipper and you just, you know, further proof that this guy is, um, he's a shady character.
0: He really is. I do not
1: trust him at all. But then the, then the best part of this is (laughs) he's, he's pissed off. Robin's pissed off. He's gonna leave. He's gonna storm out, opens the door, and the sheriff and his cousin are there. And he pulls out that little blade and cuts him on the cheek. That's a great face It is, slash. It, and very precise and very, like, makeup-wise, very well done.
0: Yeah, very effective. It's such a quick, it's a quick strike that, I mean, there's probably a trick that they did, but man, it looks, it looks good. And
1: then my, one of my favorite things that I've always wanted to do in my life, but obviously will never be in a situation where I can, Robin is trying to find a way to escape, and then he grabs the rope and cuts the rope for the chandelier, and as the chandelier comes down, he raises up. I don't know why but yeah. I've always wanted to do that and there's a I know there's a card in Card Against Humanity that's like cut the rope of a chandelier and watch it slowly drop on your enemies as you laugh on the way out like that's, <laughs> I, don't, I always wanted to do that man
0: <laughs> that is a pretty great move I love to I love everything that uh, Rickman's doing in the scene when Robin Hood escapes he's like storming like around the <laughs> church and just throwing, throwing stuff around and yelling for the gate to be closed. This, man, he's just stealing and I'll cut the scene. your heart out
1: with a spoon. <laughs> no doubt. Oh man. And which I think, which I, I read, I think that was another one that he just like added in towards the end during the filming. Cause he felt like it was, you know, over the top and everything. But yeah, I, I wrote that down to like when he's like throwing a fit and like flailing his arms, looking like a bushwhacker coming down to the ring and like sliding on the floor. Love it. <laughs> Close the
0: gates. Yeah, exactly. He reminds me of my kid, like running through the you know kitchen and sliding on the on the floor and just, man, he nailed it.
1: And Robin escapes taking some of the uh, say, taking some of the trinkets in the sheriff's horse. Gets
0: Unfortunately he has started, he has, started, he a has war. started
1: a war. But as as we find out, he he feels the war's already been started and he's just retaliating. I I That's laugh true. too. Like those guys that were, those guards that were up on the towers, Robin's riding away. Like there's people hanging out outside those walls and they're just blindly firing arrows (laughs) like I know they don't care but just imagine being that person on the (laughs) next to the wall just seeing arrow come flying out like holy crap (laughs) take shelter (laughs) yeah but I again I think I think that really between the scene in the river and then this scene is when the movie really picks up and it really starts getting more and more enjoyable Agreed. I am 100% 100% fully
0: invested at this point.
1: So now that you're fully invested, what do you say we uh, we take a little pause here and then we'll come back to it? <laughs> we'll be it. back.
0: Oxley! I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon!
1: Hey, welcome back. Glad to be back. It's good to be here. <laughs> Especially now that we're both fully 100% invested. And just head deep into the deep end here. Amen, brother. And I was just
0: thinking, like, man, we're only at this part. We better get moving. We're going to have a, <laughs> a four-hour podcast. I
1: was going to say, I thought, I thought last week's episode was a marathon, and Turtles is nowhere near as long as this movie, and I kept making notes. I was like, holy crap, four hours.
0: But yeah, we better do the cliff notes. But I will say, let me say first here. Yes. We, we left off with uh, Robin, you know, making the great escape, and we see the, the villagers being displaced, and... They end up being spouses and families of the, of the merry men out in the forest, which leads Will Scarlet, Christian Slater's character, to kind of you know come up and, you know, given uh, Robin Hood some crap, takes an arrow to the hand, by the way.
1: Yeah, another hand shot.
0: But here's my gripe. So this is something that they totally should have done. But up until this point, we don't know or see that Robin Hood is good with a bow and arrow. Like, I feel like what you know coming into a Robin Hood movie is like, okay, this guy's like a crack shot with a bow and arrow. But right. Think, like, we don't see any of that. Like, they should have done something early, like with him, you know, in, in the prison or, you know, like even him getting captured. They, didn't, they should have done something to tell us that he's a great shot instead of just like halfway through the movie. Oh, yeah, by the way, this guy can shoot a bow and arrow really well.
1: Yeah. And I didn't think about it. Cause the only time you see him shoot an arrow is with the crossbow and that, that first right. scene with the kid hiding from the tree. Like, yeah, I never thought about that. It, it was always one of those things. It's was like, oh, he's, he's a fantastic shot, but that's right. a really good point. I didn't think about that. They definitely should have done that. And I also, I also made a note, you were talking about the villagers being displaced too. Like John has a wife that, uh, he's not been around. Um, I don't know if he just left her to fend for herself or he sneaks away to see her, but obviously when everybody gets displaced and they come to the to the forest, I was just like, well, that's kind of kind of rough on on her. Like, alright, we're going to take off into the forest. You hold the fort down here. Yeah, we find out
0: that they have like seven kids already, so yeah, man.
1: But Fanny, what a great name for a, <laughs> a lady. Fanny.
0: Well, Fanny. <laughs> make way. F-
1: and then they... <laughs> yeah, make way Fanny. So... They, uh, Yeah, like you said, so he, you know, he shoots, shoots Will in the hand. Um, everybody's like, oh, what are we going to do? And then you get the montage of them building weapons. And my, my question was like, where are they getting this silver from that they're building these arrow tips and swords from?
0: Yeah, they have a lot of resources all of a sudden. I mean, I get they have trees and we see chickens, you know. But yeah, you're right. Like the, yeah, the, the metal for their weapons.
1: Especially for like right, literally right before this, one of their gripes are like, "We don't have any resources and trees, and we have we have the trees and we have this mine down here that we totally haven't tapped into yet."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre because they haven't started robbing people yet, but all of a sudden they bring up like a cache of swords from somewhere.
1: I know, and then and then we finally start getting the fun robbery scene. So like that first one, the the carriage coming through, and they. You know, they hold him up, and he takes the ring off of that lady, and the young lady is smitten with Robin Hood, clearly. Oh, yeah.
0: We also, right before this, we also get the awesome arrow cam shot where the uh, camera is, I don't know if it's a effect or if it's, like, actually a camera on an arrow that's shot, but it's super cool, however they did it.
1: I f- yeah. Either way, it, it is really. And he splits that. You're talking about the one where he splits the arrow in half. I think so. I think this is
0: that scene where I just remember it's such a. That, that is like one thing that's always stuck with me. That cool arrow shot where you see, like you are. You have like the perspective of the arrow, like going yeah. into the of the target.
1: I love. <laughs> I love to like going back to that that where they're all you know up in arms about the you know what were we gonna do next we. How could we possibly fight? They have armor and everything else. And then, like the montage of them building everything, and then learning how to shoot. Like two minutes later, movie time. They're <laughs> they're well prepared. They're firing right through the heart of these dummies. They're shooting people in the face. Like, yeah. tell you what, they are quick quick learners.
0: Robin has a great leader. Got those boys ready to go.
1: Whipped them into shape. That's all those years of battle, clearly.
0: Yeah, and the sheriff is not happy about this robbery.
1: He is not. He um, keeps getting more and more upset. And I I love to, you know, trying to explain like, well, we need to raise the bounty on his head and get it up to, what I think he said 25,000 at one point, like towards the end, even though the guy, that little like weasel guy is like, it's not going to work, sir. He's so
0: (laughs) mad that he's going to call off Christmas this year.
1: Oh, I love that. that.
0: And cancel Christmas. That might be the best line of the movie.
1: I love that line, and then I love he's you know he's storming down the steps, and then he sees that somebody's painted uh, stitches on his statue, and those two girls are there. And I I I read something, dude, like that scene where he's like, "You be in my room at ten thirty. You ten forty-five. Bring a friend." <laughs> like he, those are one of those things that I think he and his buddy kind of wrote and ad libbed, and he, apparently they had to film it a bunch of times because the girls kept laughing.
0: Yeah, dude, this guy Rickman is awesome in this movie.
1: He – and I think it correlates. The movie picks up and is more enjoyable the more he's in it and the more over the top he gets. Yeah, he's just stealing the show, man. And then we get the introduction of what personally one of mine – and actually um you'll love this. I'm, I'm pretty sure one of our friend Big Dave's favorite characters, Friar Tuck, in this movie <laughs> – I love this guy in this movie.
0: Yeah. He's got great lines too.
1: Oh my God. And he's just so over the top about how dry. I mean, someone should probably have an intervention on how, how much he talks about beer and how much he drinks and everything. But yeah, the, the whole, this whole, like basically like heist scene, because that's essentially what it is. Cause yeah. the sheriff's cousin and a bunch of those people are riding and, and running cover for this. The friar's, driving his wagon with a bunch of barrels of alcohol and they (laughs) like, how many are there? 20. How many are there? Five, five. Well, they can't count like (laughs) just the subtle stuff that goes on. And then they have those cool little hiding spots, like underneath those basically like little traps that cover them up. Like it really a fun scene. And you can see like, okay, they separate them. They separate the wagon and they get the wagon back it's it's really cool, but then this is where they find out that they've kind of hit the mother load in terms of gold yep. that they've they've managed gold. to snag away from the sheriff
0: yeah, that is a cool scene the uh one thing that, that sticks out at me at this scene is so after we've you know they've taken the they've taken the gold and there's just Friar tuck left, and he's a straight up maniac he <laughs> like, <laughs> I said that too. He, he plays it. He plays it cool, and then he like tries to attack Robin several times, <laughs> including trying to like bite his leg. I
1: was gonna say, when he when he goes to bite his leg, that's when I that I lost it Cause I'm like, that's like something your little brother would do if they like you can't beat him up. Like, ah, I'm gonna bite your leg, and then they throw the the horse harness around him and like make him pull the wagon. Like, all right, we'll just get rid of your energy this way.
0: It really it really humbles him. He's he's very <laughs> remorseful after the fact.
1: He is, he has one little outburst right before he's like, you know, then join us and you'll be glad. Why you'll be you'll be worried or whatever he said like flips out on like easy. Like take it down a notch. Easy tiger. <laughs> and then we get uh the the sheriff's cousin gets back and you see that they're uh that you, and they met, it's kind of a not a throwaway line but they they mention at one point earlier in the movie that the sheriff's got a bunch of blacksmith working on armor and and swords and everything and this is they're a- putting
0: yeah, this is a great ironworking scene. It, like it's straight out of Silver Dollar City and Oh yeah. Ransom's-
1: I love I just I love he's 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 swinging the sword around, you know. Okay, you know, great, this is obviously metal and then the cousin comes in and he's playing it really cool like were there any losses? Yeah. Did they steal the gold? Yeah, and then he starts like breaking down and crying and then Rickman stabs him in the stomach. Well, at least I didn't use a spoon. <laughs>
0: this is good steel.
1: Oh, that's just, yeah. He walks out of there. Like, this is good steel. I, just he's gone full mad scientist, like full crazy guy at this point. Just drunk with power, trying to kill everybody. And I, I love this scene. Like he's he's just getting more and more over the top for me. He is fantastic. And then we go back to the forest, and Mary and and Sarah are riding in because they want to try and find Robin and the two guys. I can't remember what their names are, but I, I I had to double check with my local Lord of the Rings nut. But these two, like, you take the one on the left, you take the one on the right. Well, which is? Le-? I was like, this reminds me very much of it's Mary and Pippin. She said the two, yeah, the two Hobbit, like the kind of goofs. Yeah,
0: the clumsy Hobbits. Yeah.
1: Um. But they uh, they, they end up getting ambushed because Mary draws them in and, you know, take me to Robin Hood right now because when she finds out that uh, their their employer, quote unquote, is Robin Hood, you know, I demand to see him right now. Yeah. And then I, ma- I made a quick note, you know, flip disc because it was – I didn't I-
0: – <laughs> I wrote, and this is where I had to flip my DVD.
1: <laughs> it caught me off guard. It stopped working, and I was like, yeah, just what cut- the heck? Like, did my player stop working?
0: Yeah, it just cuts the black. Yeah, same.
1: Um, but yeah, then they, yeah, they come back and they're, they're taking, uh, they're taking Mary and, and Sarah to the waterfall area. And we get to see a little bit of Kevin Costner ass or stand in ass, I guess, but
0: it's a stunt man. It's a, it's a butt man.
1: He, he refused to do it. I saw
0: maybe, maybe it was Billy Gunn
1: Oh, it could have been, you know, pre, um, pre new age outlaws fame then. Yeah. Yeah. He was
0: still smoking gun. Smoking gun, Billy gun.
1: (laughs) Oh my god! But yeah, go ahead. How
0: about Marion being a creeper?
1: Yeah, she um, she she liked what she saw. That's for sure. Wow, that was. I mean, and did not look away. Yeah, she was locked in. I made I just me I made a note. I so where where do you fall on almost heroes? I enjoy almost heroes. I think
0: it's a really just a really. Just well-told story, good film.
1: So, I made a note like that scene where Matthew Perry's looking through the. Oh, I, I
0: made a mistake. I thought you. I was thinking almost.
1: <laughs> Are you almost famous. I was thinking almost famous. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: almost heroes. Yeah, it was Farley and uh, yeah Chandler Bing. Uh, not not so good.
1: I there's a scene where he's looking through a telescope and he sees the. The like French guy's wife swimming around and he's like staring her down. Then Chris Farley comes up. <laughs> oh, anybody okay. sees the guy's butt basically, but he like totally stares him down. Like that, I it reminded me very much of that.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: Um, but then yeah, so, um, you know, Robin takes them on a tour basically, shows them around, and then you get that fun archery scene where they're <laughs> I have a couple notes on this, like they're training the the towns or the the village people are training and they're like well how do you do with the distractions and you know d- messes him up and then i love that a couple things like their distractions for robin hood are like basically you know <laughs> you know just not very distracting and then for some reason mary blowing a little bit on his eye took him distracted and then on top of everything else this goes back to me and my my hunting ways they have the target set up and yeah. then there's people downrange that could have been shot.
0: I thought of that too. I was like, why? <laughs> why would they must not like the guy who's like setting up camp behind the tree? <laughs> I know.
1: Well, and then like the guy, like it, the arrow comes through and then you almost get that like old sitcom. Like they put their hands on their hips and like turn their head. Like you guys, like yeah. who's shooting arrows at my leg and could have hit an artery.
0: <laughs> that is pretty great.
1: And then, yeah, then you cut past the fryer and that's where I was like, you know, he's talking to these kids about what wheat is or what the what they're oh. making beer. <laughs>
0: yeah, beer one hundred one.
1: But then we find out what uh, what they've been doing with all of the uh, the goods that they've been stealing, all the the gold and everything else. And yeah. Robin again, I feel like this is kind of like a subtle, like throwaway thing. But he's like, you know, it's blood money. He's paying off King Richard's enemies so they'd unite against him and that's we're just holding it like
0: right it was a but in reality it was a total like brag move he just wanted to show off to marion
1: oh yeah for sure and
0: i got my treasure room
1: well and then she hands him the knife that the sheriff handed her earlier in the movie which obviously comes into play later yes but but my note on this was like first off i got a very return of the jedi vibe from this village like there's huts up in the trees they're celebrating around campfires and i just don't know logistically what kind of sense it makes to be building these huts up in the tops of these trees
0: yeah i was waiting for a ewok to come run through
1: they yeah and they got i mean obviously it gets destroyed later but i just i was like man this they must have taken some inspiration from from return of the jedi here maybe so yeah, you know, he basically, you know, asked Mary to stick around and, you know, stay for dinner. Um and they're all celebrating and then all of a sudden there's just this blood curdling scream and I until I I heard a a note, or I I I heard them say this the second time I watched this that scene where Rickman's like, "Oh, you know, raise the bounty on his head like it's been several months, but I thought it was like you know, within weeks time. So then when Fanie's giving birth, I was like, Holy crap. Like he abandoned his wife while she was pregnant and was just going to leave her be. But I realize now that it was probably during the time that they were in the village.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I think so too. I think you're right.
1: But, um, yeah, you know, Azim with his, his barbaric ways gets the baby out and the, the whole place celebrates and Will goes in, you know, makes his move on Mary and then, uh, Robin, yeah. you know, just comes in and blocks him, says, no, no, that, that's mine.
0: That's when we also find out that to go back a step, uh, Robin alludes to his uh, why He had a falling out with his father who fell for a peasant woman. Um, so that will that will come up, come back later. And also in the scene, Marion says the name of the movie, Robin Hood Principes.
1: That's true. That is true. as a name drop. And it, yeah, and, and you get the sense too, like this is what I, I was talking about earlier So, and he mentions like, you know, I had a falling out with my father and everything else. So when he when he's hysterical shaking Duncan, I'm like I mean, don't act like you left on the best of terms. You don't know that your father's going to be super excited to see you either.
0: <laughs> it's really bizarre because I feel like the last Kevin Costner movie I watched was Full of Dreams mm-hmm. and he also has some like regret because he had a bad relationship with his dad. So it's really weird watching this one. And after they're, watching.
1: They're pretty close together too.
0: Yeah. It was just a few years later, I think.
1: And so they, you know, they go the whole night, they celebrate and come the next morning. They, I love, <laughs> this was a note that I made too. Like he takes all this precaution to lead them out in a way that they couldn't get back to the camp if need be. But then like four or five other people could like easily find the camp, it seems like, but leads him away. And then he's like, you know, I want you to take Duncan because, you know, I'm worried about his health. And then tells Duncan like, hey, I want you to watch over Mary. So this is why I feel like this poor guy just he is a servant to the family. Feels like he let you know, he couldn't stop the person that lied to his master and ends up getting his master killed, gets his eyes cut out. Gets sent back because he's like dead weight and then leads the bad guys essentially to which we'll get to in a little bit, leads the bad guys there and then dies. Like he has a horrible movie.
0: I forgot he died too when I was watching this. I was shocked. I thought he just kind of rode off into the sunset, but man, he sure does go down.
1: He gets, he gets rough, man, rough treatment. Yeah. But then uh, after they, you know, send send the ladies off and Duncan off, then we cut back to the the sheriff and the witch, and they're devising a plan to try and head this thing off at the pass. And it took me a little while to realize. So I was like, okay, they're they're buying off mercenaries, which I'm like, you know, why didn't you try and do that in the first place? But then they're like, no, it's the Celts, like yeah. very very harsh on the Celtic culture in this movie.
0: <laughs> no kidding, A.K.A. the Scottish.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I didn't realize this, too. I was looking through, like, the IMDb page, but, like, the main guy, I guess, like, the the big dude that has, like, the battle hammer, whatever, is actually the bald guy from Indiana Jones and in the Raiders of Lost Ark when they fight on the airplane. Oh, really? I did not. I it, It's on the IMDb page. So I feel pretty confident saying that. It's not, like, something I found on, like, Wikipedia subsection five. Like, I think that's that's a legit thing.
0: Like the big tall German duty, like
1: yeah. boxes.
0: Yeah, like, gets hit by the feller. That's his awesome.
1: yeah, his um, his official title on IMDb. I'll look it up real quick. Sorry, it's, I want I want to fact check. Yeah, Celtic chieftain.
0: That's totally him. Pat I, roach. You're right.
1: I would think that would have to be that guy. So fun, fun little. You don't get to see right. him or anything, or else you know, kind of hard to tell unless you look it up. But fun fact: he's he's right. a he's a bad guy everywhere right. he goes.
0: That's fantastic! Way to go! I did not know that.
1: But then we have uh, next. You know, Mary's writing a letter to the King of France, trying to you know implore him to mm-hmm. come help, and she misplaced that trust and that that shifty bitch bishop. Easy for me to say, but um,
0: watch your mouth. You watch.
1: You watch your tongue. <laughs> but and then like totally. I want Sarah to go with, cause she, you know, she's she's important. Like, are you sure? Yes. All right, <laughs> as you wish. Like, if you didn't pick up on yeah. the creeper vibes,
0: yeah, <laughs> I love it too. When so when when Marion is attacked later after the scene, yeah, she's it. Well, Sarah gets knocked out first, and then we're then we're back at Marion's place, and she's attacked. She pulls the old Mister Fuji like sand in the eye move oh yeah to, to <laughs> blinds him and stabs him that's right Dude, great Just... move.
1: <laughs> i thought i i didn't know what it was i guess i i was like oh it's like ash or something but yeah i, I had the same thing It was like the old powder in the eye blind blinded wouldn't it be Bret, funny if, <laughs> blinded Bret heart
0: yeah i was gonna say wouldn't it be funny if Maid marion was like managing yokozuna at wrestlemania whatever
1: and this was so. This movie took place a couple years before that, or I, I, it was a year or two before that WrestleMania. So, is it the inspiration? I'm saying it is.
0: <laughs> Could have been here, but yeah, like you said, Duncan escaped, but he's followed. Very similar to our Ninja Turtles episode,
1: yeah. Raphael. I made a note of that too. Second movie in two weeks. Yeah, a lot of parallels. Oh, and then, then you get the you get the raid scene on the village. Um, a lot of really, really good action scenes here. Um, really. I, and again, there's some stuff too. Like I was watching back and my wife and I were watching it and she, I don't know why, but she's like, Oh, is, is, uh, Fanny is, she, is her and the baby going to die? I was like, no, they don't die. And yeah, they're I like, well, what about it. John? I was like, well, no, little John, you know, he's, he's in the end of the movie too. I'm like, but I just, I'm like you, like I forgot Duncan, ended up dying and it's it, it's a very chaotic and like kind of depressing scene
0: <laughs> it's wild too because the celts attack and they basically have to like run back to the trees I don't, do they leave duncan's body they just like abandon his body i don't remember if someone carries him off or what
1: no because um i don't think anybody does because they like drop him down later once once robin comes back he like sets him down like hey we found him mm-hmm. basically yeah.
0: that's right that's right
1: but yeah again that's it's like i said that obviously real bad and then robin um you know he falls through and and the medallion falls on the roof of that that house and then he falls through <laughs> and i want to yeah. i want to know cuz the next scene the sheriff's you know reveals to to mary like hey I, I know what you're doing. I saw, I, we got the letter. We've captured the village people. We've got the kids, you know, I, I you, I want you to marry me. And she like a like, well, you know, Robin won't stand for this. And he has the medallion. So I was like, well, how did they find the medallion and not Robin? <laughs> One is way <laughs> harder to find than the other.
0: When you said that the sheriff captured the village people in my mind, I pictured like a policeman, a native American, like, yeah. you know, uh cowboy like all in chains yeah and they
1: were yeah they were <laughs> they were in they were in mid-dance routine and the sheriff got him i mean the sheriff maybe he was jealous because he didn't get to play the cop character so that's why he has an axe to grind against him could be
0: <laughs> but i love it that they. i love it that they like make it seem like like oh did robin hood die uh, like you know off of this burning rope and the like come on there's i mean i guess that's part of the plot that People might think he's dead, but I mean, come on, like that's just kind of silly. I
1: know, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta have the triumphant return with the cool backlighting as he comes over the hill. Yeah, I do like that scene actually. That's really cool. And you know, they take, um, they take Will. They take, um, I think the kid's name is Wolf. Is that if I remember correctly? Yeah, Wolf. Okay, I was, I don't know, are they saying Wolf like a dog? Are they saying Wolf like the animal? So anyway. Yeah, animal. Yeah. So. They they capture all them and you know they're they're kind of basically have like a torture scene and again Rickman's like somebody can tell me where he is. How? Here's my
0: question <clears throat> with that. How in the world would they know? They were all captured during the battle. How would they have any like
1: no idea? They,
0: they wouldn't know anything more than he would know. That's so bizarre that he's asking prisoners. I know. But they know where Robin Hood is.
1: Well, and it's such convenient timing, too, because he's like, I have heard rumors that Robin Hood may not have been dead. Like, where did you hear these rumors? Have you, have you had communications with the, the people? Has somebody gone and done reconnaissance? Like, how have you heard you this?
0: Know, you know where they live. Go back. And exactly.
1: You, you've had a successful raid. So take two and go ahead and finish them out. <laughs>
0: I mean, I guess it does allow for the plot to advance, right. and we get Chris later back at back at the camp.
1: But I lo- I love the way he delivers that. He's like, "So there's rumors that he may be alive. So you can either tell me now, or I'll torture you and kill you, and then I'll capture him and do the same thing to him." Like just yeah. <laughs> so he is just having a blast delivering these lines.
0: That is a good one.
1: But yeah, like you said, then Will gets back to camp and. You know, everybody's obviously very suspicious because he's been um, less than hospitable towards Robin the entire time. And this is where we get the additional plot twist that, you know, why, why are you mad at me? I, have I wronged you in another life? And you come to find out that Robin and Will are brothers from another mother. You're my brother. <laughs> brothers don't shake hands. I hate,
0: I hate at the end of that scene when Costner's like, I have a brother. Yeah, I have a brother's hugging. I was like, "Oh, jeez, yeah. come on, come on." Yeah, Kev. you're
1: better than that, Kevin.
0: Yeah, I just man, the more I watch this, like I love Kevin Costner. Don't get me wrong, but man, I'm... it's a weird performance.
1: Kevin, it's almost it's not as bad as miscasting as um, John Wayne as Genghis Khan. Um, oh yeah, that was but bad. The, I, yeah, the, this whole movie, like I. I had to take myself out of like, this is not like a period piece. Like this is not um, a super serious take on this. Like this is supposed to be a fun movie take on it. And it helped a lot, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's an odd choice for sure.
0: Right. Yeah. It's nothing, it's not like a, you know, Oscar you know worthy movie. It's a summer blockbuster. So, I mean, he's definitely right for that. You know, selling tickets. It's just, yeah. It's just coming back as an adult. I just see this. Much differently.
1: I saw this was the number two movie to Terminator Two that year.
0: Yeah, man, it made some big money. Big and I think money. I
1: saw some. It's, it did better overseas than it did Term- than Terminator did overseas too. So obviously, yeah, there was a market for it.
0: Definitely, man. Robin Hood's a Robin Hood's a good story. It's an old story. It you know, it's a, it's a viable franchise. They've it made is. like four thousand Robin Hood. movies. <laughs>
1: They have. Each oh, yeah. each one tries to take their own take. But yeah, it, um, I, I, I again, this this is fun. And, and again, by this point in the movie, too, like I'm still even this movie definitely has its faults. Like, don't get me wrong. But by this point in the movie, like I'm way more invested in enjoying it much more than I was like the first 20 minutes or so.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: So yeah, we find obviously, you know, the, the relationship, you know, Will and, and Robin are brothers, and then, you know, we get the um devising a plan to to spring their people because Will reveals to them that their uh their captured brethren are set to be hung at noon the next day to celebrate the marriage of, of Mary and the sheriff.
0: Sure. And the
1: um yeah, the you know, the gunpowder, obviously you get to see what, what Azim's doing with the gunpowder and Again, just setting it up and then Fanny, you know, insists that she's going to be involved in it too. So you get a little bit of an idea, but I think this, this last act of the movie, kind of like, at least for me, similar to last week, I think this last act, like the, basically the saving them and the fight scene between the sheriff and Robin are, are really what make this movie. It's fun and it's good, but up until that point, and then it really takes it over the top this, this last, you know, 20, 25 minutes or so
0: yep hundred percent agree it's a it's a great uh it's a great kind of like it's not really a final battle but yes yeah, it's just a you know great ending scene just a lot of memorable scenes from that along. i
1: think it's it, especially for like the the type of characters that these people are it's it's very realistic to like sometimes you get and when i say that you know it's obviously it's it's a fantasy movie it's a a lot of that stuff but there's some movies where like they have these final battle scenes and it's like this over the top explosion and contrived plot like I don't know to me this felt like a very re- like if this were happening in real life and these are the people that were doing it it felt like a very real attempt at how they would freeing all of their their brethren
0: yeah no I agree so hey right before we tackle this final this final battle here why don't we take a quick break
1: let's do it to it man we'll, we'll come back and we'll round this thing out
0: sounds good see ya see in a bit
1: well at least I didn't use a spoon. It's good steel.
0: No blades, no bows.
1: <laughs> leave your weapons.
0: No blades, no bows.
1: No blades, no bows, leave your weapons. Leave your weapons. <laughs> yeah, and they so I love this this whole setup cracks me up because he he gets in basically like the you know the Trojan horse thing, like oh, we got a bunch of bunch of w- beer and wine for the celebration. Like, all right, go ahead and come on in. And then they start setting up these barrels. And I love they cover Morgan Freeman completely head to toe in that white garb. And then that guy's like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, we're just setting it up and get it out of here like all right my leprous friend like let's go <laughs> and then the guy like freaks out obviously and starts walking away and then i don't know if you heard him or not but the friar's like oh he's always leaving pieces of himself all over I, yeah that's a, <laughs> oh that's my a, god buck has
0: got some good lines.
1: i love that too and then you know getting everything set up bringing the weapons and getting them all set up and kind of the you know comical sneaking up and knocking people out and this was the scene that I talked about earlier in the show, too. Like Robin taking the horse manure and rubbing it on himself, and then that guard's like, "Hey, do I know you?" And oh, I, I beg pardon, say, "You know, just using his only British accent—that's like clearly British accent in the entire movie—is to avoid yeah. talking to this guard. Yeah, it's funny he does bust that out." Oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I, I just, the whole setup obviously. And then, you know, they get, they get everybody up and they get them ready for, for hanging too. So, you know, setting up for the, the big final show down here,
0: getting them all set up and then, uh, old will gets exposed
1: does he get exposed or does he go out of his way to go get in Wolf's face? Like, yeah, it seems like uh,
0: you wouldn't make eye contact or you try to like, you know, I mean, if your life was on the line and you're trying to save all these people, you wouldn't just get in the Wolf's face who thinks you're a traitor.
1: That's yeah. That's what maybe I'm, and that's why I said like, he's the Raphael of this movie because they make the plan. Like everybody has their station and he's supposed to be, I think he's supposed to be protecting. I can't remember if he's protecting the getaway or whatever it was, but like, the kid comes by him while they're all in the crowd, like, sees his sword, and he's like, there's nothing but trouble in it for you, boy. And, yeah. okay, that kid runs away. And then Wolf's coming in, and they did not have kind words before he left. And then he just walks out of his way yeah, and, like, gets up in his face. And there's there's a few shots like that in this movie. I, I made a note of this, too. Like, the weird, like, way too close up of people's face, and it almost looks like the camera's like a an orb. yeah. And I, I I don't know why in this movie it, it does that, but I remember like that visual from when I was a kid too. And and he like comes out of nowhere and, and he gets up in his face, and then the kid attacks him, obviously, and Will gets found out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got room for one more.
1: Uh, looks like you're all out of rope. I guess yeah. I'll have to politely decline. <laughs> Dude,
0: how gross is it when the so when he's like strapping him on the the barrel of gunpowder? And he like spits on his face and just runs. Oh yeah, man!
1: Spittle coming down. That yeah, that was the I I thought I was like oh god, that's disgusting. Imagine
0: like being Christian Slater and I've been like cut like hold up
1: yeah who is this and why are you spitting on my head? How dare you? That was not in the script. How dare you? Well, and my question too before that. So before Will's found out, like. Morgan Freeman was going to shoot that barrel and blow it up. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but they, sh- he shoots, obviously he shoots the big wagon and there's that big explosion. Mm-hmm. But after that, he shoots one of the other barrels and it's a pretty good size explosion. Like <laughs> if the hanging isn't going to get him, that explosion was going to burn them all alive. Yeah, I don't,
0: they must not realize how, how explosive those are. Cause you're right. Oof. It's actually a good thing. It went down the way it did. Cause when he, when he shoots that barrel, it definitely would have killed all the people that,
1: Oh, my God. I know. And then I so like the, this whole next part. So first off, I don't I don't want to be that guy. But anytime you see it in a movie, somebody shoots a rope with either a bow or a bullet. Not easily done. So I'm going to suspend my disbelief for the movie. Like, that's fine. I understand. He shoots, he shoots Wolf the rope for Wolf. And then they start kicking out all the other. Stools underneath everybody else, and then that that hangman's going to get the axe and shoot Will, or uh, shoot. He's going to cut Will's head off. And this to me, like this is something I obviously that you know the poster of the movie, the cover of the movie is him shooting with that flame in the background yeah. and that flaming yeah. arrow. But that part of the movie where he shoots him in the face with that arrow is I remember. Even as a kid, I was like, that is the coolest part of this movie.
0: Yeah, he's got like the fire in the background. He's yeah lining up the slow mo arrow shot. That is a very memorable moment.
1: It's so cool. And then I, I love like, we've got to blow this up. We've, you know, we've got to be able to get everybody down. And then at the end of the day, it just takes John just running up and, you know, shoulder pressing these boards to, to push them over. Yeah,
0: He's he's a big dude.
1: And I made a note too. I don't know if you caught this or not. So he pushes the everything down and then his, his son gets up and he runs over to him. And like when he hugs him, he makes like a Chewbacca noise. It's, <laughs> it's like,
0: <"Rrr."> I'm <laughs> like oh, okay,
1: <laughs> I'm def-
0: easy Chewie. I'm definitely gonna pop that in right after we talk, so I can hear it.
1: I it's uh it, it I'm sure it's just obviously a, a father's love, but it just it made me laugh. I was like, whoa, that's a <laughs> so I'm like Chewie there. We get
0: a pretty we get the sweet double arrow shot too right after this.
1: Yeah, right through the chest, and then um. This again that you know obviously battling everything battling everybody but then when everything starts going down and then everybody starts fleeing and then they're all committed to getting out of dodge understandably so that you know things have things have gone south very quickly and then it seems like I choose to fight with Robin Hood and be a free man. Every single person pulls a 180 like you know what this guy's got a point let's let's start killing some people let's do this.
0: Dude. Uh, Zim just, yeah, he, I think he goes to, Toastmas- the day. he goes to Toastmaster or something, man. He is very, very persuasive in that speech.
1: He has to, yeah, he, uh, he rallies the troop and boy, they, they come in just, you know, both barrels ready to go. And then, yeah, you get that, that double, double arrow scene. And they, they get up to the gate. So I, I'd never paid attention to this until I literally, I watched it this morning. So they get up to the gate. They cut the rope, obviously, during this whole thing. So the gate is down. Mm-hmm. So first off, this catapult comes in, which maybe it was there. I'm not entirely sure how they got a catapult over to where they needed to. But they get a catapult set up. Robin and Azim get on this thing. You know, are, is she worth dying for? And, you know, yes, she is. So then, OK, do it. So they flip the flip the switch, throws him over the, the wall. Yeah did no reconnaissance to make sure that that hay was there because they had no way of knowing what was on the other side of that wall. Great call. And not two seconds later, people come storming in from the gate. So if they had just waited like a, like another second, they could have just come, walked right underneath way easier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they really jumped the gun.
1: They did. But, uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, it's very dramatic. It's very very cool visual, that's for sure.
0: They just, they wanted to give us that F me clear that line from Slater.
1: True. Yeah. That was, uh, I think that was improv too, but that, that was the line I was saying last week. Like as a kid, I said it and I didn't, I literally had no idea what I was saying. I i wasn't, I, it, I was young enough. I didn't know what swear words were. Right. Yeah. And my brother's like, did you just say the F word? <laughs> I, I don't don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the F word is, but okay. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. My bad.
1: And then the, you know, the sheriff is, is taking Mary and he's, he's going to marry her and basically against her will. And, you know, they get the Bishop in and I, <laughs> this whole scene is just so ridiculous and over the top. Cause they, they, they come storming in the Bishop's like, I, you know, we, I don't know that we can do this and make sure you do it. And the witch slaps her in the face and just, you know, basically is like, just do it now. Like basically rape her now He's like, well, no, I want one thing in my life to be pure, which, okay, I mean, the, the movie, I guess, um, couldn't have the dramatic timing that it does if he just goes ahead and does that. Right. And then she puts her hand, the witch puts her hand on Mary's stomach, like, she's ripe. She'll give us a boy. Like, oh, my God.
0: Did you Mary. notice also the witch has a, the uh, shredder spear from from the movie last week?
1: She does. I did notice. I I actually made a note of that too. I don't know. I'm gonna have to figure out what the what the name of that that weapon is because that thing is awesome. That was pretty cool. So yeah, the whole time you know, Robin and Azim are are fighting their way up and come to find you know the door has been closed and they have the board down. So they're they're trying to get, proceed with the with the ceremony, I guess, for lack of a better term. And they're Robin and Azim are trying to break the door in with the statue. <laughs> and then the sheriff's like, I can't, I can't concentrate with all this, you know, ruckus going on. And Robin takes off to try and find a new way in. I don't know how the witch gets out there.
0: Yeah, there's like a, is there a secret door? I, I thought the same thing. There must be like a secret passage or something.
1: And then she comes back in too at the end. Like I, I made it know. I was like, how does she get in and out? Unless she's legit witch and she teleports, but she's obviously mortal.
0: I think there's a secret passage. because, Yeah, she gets out and in without, yeah, without a uh, Azim being able to see her.
1: And I I made a note of this. I don't know if you noticed this or not. Like, so he's, he's holding Mary down and obviously, you know, trying to, trying to force himself on her. And then the witch like comes up behind him and hands him a pillow. And like, he puts yeah. the pillow under her head. And, I, yeah. and even she looks like, why, wait, why are you putting a pillow under my head trying to make this comfortable for me?
0: How How chivalrous.
1: I was, I was like, well, that's really random. Yeah,
0: that was that was a good nice touch.
1: And then, yeah, so, you know, Robin obviously crashes in and, and the witch confronts Azim outside and stabs him in the leg. And then I, I don't know why, like, her running at him and they're, like, fighting over that, that weapon and then he, like, throws her like they do in movies and then she just, <laughs> like, flies through the air like a... I, I, it's it almost reminded me like of a Friday, the 13th movie when somebody gets killed, and like how over the top it is like she goes flying through and then gets run through with that weapon, which we think that's the end of her come to find out she's got one more more life to live. But we yeah. get the we get the climactic fight scene between Robin and the sheriff, which is a great fight scene. It really is. And like for two guys that are not, you know, I, again, you you think of like typical fight scenes nowadays, like how choreographed and I obviously they had to do editing and everything else that goes along with it. But like these two, again, it just, it felt like a believable fight between these two people and how, how it would have gone.
0: I agree. These guys aren't your typical, you know, it's not Schwarzenegger, you know, and Stallone, like Costner and Rickman pulling off a pretty good sword fight is pretty impressive.
1: And I made the, uh, I made the note too. Like, this is just me personally. Like when she throws that hot wax on his chest, sure. me personally, um, that that's going to be a game game changer for me. Cause that's, that's I'm like, Nope, I'm out. That's done. I'm I'm good. That's that's hot <laughs> wax on my chest here. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he keeps going. <laughs> and during this whole time too. So I, I, ha- I get, I, I mentioned our, our buddy, big Dave. So I don't think I've ever told you this. So, when we first started working together, we were talking about all the movies we liked one of them being turtles. And then the other one being this movie. And we both laughed at this scene when the friars helping him, like, you know, you sold out and he's helping him load up all this gold and everything. (laughs) Here's 30 pieces of silver to pay the devil on your way to hell. It throws him out the window. Like Uh we, man, we used to, we used to say that all the time for literally no reason. And but man oh man hit it, it tickled him pink and me too. It makes makes me laugh too.
0: It's a good line, but uh he's a man of God. He shouldn't be killing anyone.
1: Yeah, that's uh it does it does definitely go against the uh you know the good teachings. But
0: hey. Maybe he repented.
1: He could and he could be an old testament guy, you know, an eye for an eye kind of thing.
0: <laughs> Clearly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, and then um you know obviously, you come back, you finish up the fight scene, and Robin's sword breaks and you got him pinned up against the the window, and like any good bad guy, he has to overplay his hand and yeah. be very dramatic about it, and then ends up getting stabbed in the chest by the very blade that he gave to Mary he's
0: got the best over the top death scene where he shows her the knife <laughs> that he gave her, just like. <laughs> just- any other person, any other movie is terrible, but with Rickman it's just fantastic.
1: All, all I could think of the whole time was you got me partner and <laughs> just Tony <"T-22> Tim <laughs> I won't be coming at him this Christmas. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god, but yeah, just so over the top. And I, again it's it, it's really well done. And then obviously, you know, we're we're getting getting down to the nitty gritty here. We got the happily ever after, but not before. We have a a fantastic cameo from Sean
0: Connery. Right. Malone from Untouchables.
1: Yeah, they partnered up again.
0: Oh, we got a little untouchable reunion.
1: And I, I made a note too, so they're you know, getting married basically. I to me I thought it was like back out in the village where they had everything set up. <laughs> does anybody object? And then he comes around the corner and like, oh, I have something to say, you know, like he does and like right. how how did he hear where this wedding was going down? Like, how did he know where to go?
0: <laughs> you must never hesitate. You
1: must never hesitate. <laughs> oh god! But it's always great anytime Sean Connery's on screen with any kind of speaking part. But I yeah,
0: agree. that's a great cameo.
1: I did. I did gloss over the sweet ending of of the witch's story too. So I, sh- I should backtrack on that when she pops out of nowhere to ch- to go after Robin again. <laughs> Oh yeah! And a zine busts down the door, and <laughs> with that giant knife, and then she just goes flying through the air.
0: Yeah, she took, uh, a, took a couple spills.
1: But um, yeah, and then you know, obviously, we wrap up with the wedding and the friar kind of breaking the breaking the fourth wall. You know, go have a good time, and yeah, we get the credits. I didn't.
0: I did not remember that scene, but that's, yeah, that's funny you say that. That's. In credits. What a film. What's your uh what's your final thoughts after seeing Prince of Thieves again?
1: So, I'm like you, like I watched it again coming I and I was kind of glad to I, I talked about it last week like coming at this fresh cuz I hadn't watched it in a long time. And I'm like you, like it took a little bit for me to get going and I'm like man, this is this is a lot slower than I remember, but as soon as Really, as soon as they he has that fight with Little John, I I really enjoyed this movie. And then, as it continues to go on, it kind of took me back, oddly enough, back to my childhood when I used to watch this a lot more frequently. And mm-hmm. this is just a fun movie to me. Like it's it's slow at the beginning and definitely has its faults, but it's it's a fun movie to watch.
0: Yeah, like uh, I think as a kid, I just kind of remember it for different reasons. But in my mind, it's you know a great Kevin Costner movie, but. At the end of the day, when I watched it this time, you know, it's an okay Costner performance, but man, everybody else is just killing it, especially Rickman.
1: I think it's it's a movie that has great scenes, but not necessarily a great film.
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I definitely don't love it like I thought I did, but it's still a good fun movie. Oh
1: yeah, I'm I like I said I'm I'm really glad you suggested this one cuz it was it was fun to revisit and fun to just kind of go back and look at it through like okay, now what do I remember and now what sticks out to me as opposed to what I remember when I was a kid.
0: All right. All right, you ready for some questions?
1: Yeah, and I've got a couple for you as well.
0: All right, you want me to go
1: first? Yeah, but go first? you take take it away.
0: All right what is the best Robin hood film out there? And if you'd like, if you want, if you need a refresher, let me know. I can give you some options.
1: Dude, you took my question. Not cool. <laughs> um, on No, it's okay. It's honestly like, cause I know obviously there's those, there's the newer, newer ones, like the Russell Crowe one. And then, um, mm-hmm. there was that way. It was, um, Oh, Doug, yeah, one, new- Jamie Foxx, right. He was in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 He's the like Morgan Freeman character, basically.
1: Yeah. I, to me though, I'm not going to necessarily say it's the best, but I think this is my favorite Robin Hood movie.
0: What about the uh, Disney Robin Hood cartoon where Robin Robin Hood's a fox?
1: I was not including that. You're right. I'm just, I mean, I'm not saying
0: it is. I'm just asking. And then you have, you have men in tights. You got, you got a couple, you know, the old school ones with the old classic, yeah. with Errol Flynn. You got the, you got the Connery, uh, Robin and Marion. I mean, there's a bunch of them.
1: I didn't, so I didn't include the, I mean, I, I forgot about the Disney. I mean, I thought about it earlier, but I forgot about that in terms of like favorite ones. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't associate it as Robin hood as much, even though obviously it's still the story. And then, Men in Tights to me, so I love Men in Tights. It's not the best Mel Brooks film, but I I, I think that movie's hilarious. But mm-hmm. I don't include it because it's more of a parody, I guess is the best way to put it. So I'm sticking I'm sticking with this, but I do love the Disney or the yeah the the one where he's a fox and the bear from the Jungle Book, and then I love Men in Tights too. But I still think this is my this is my favorite you know serious portrayal of Robin Hood.
0: Yep, I'm saying Prince of Thieves is the best, followed closely by Men and Tights.
1: I do love men and tights. There's so many scenes that they spoof so well and like even the opening right. credits like Stop making Robin Hood movies, they're burning it down. <laughs> and
0: we got a young Dave Chappelle.
1: Yeah, young Dave Chappelle chef Isaac Hayes is in it. There's a lot of a lot of people in that movie. And the guy that plays the sheriff and in- He's he's awesome and he keeps misspelling and that that's that's all I could think of when that kids hiding in the trees like he dared or he dared to kill a king's dare. He, he was
0: uh yeah he was, he was on cheers he was uh Rebecca's That's right. husband. That's right. And th- something we didn't even talk about but in most of the Robin Hood films you had uh, King Richard's younger brother John also as a villain. True. But in this one, we have no, we have no brother John. It's just the sheriff is the main villain. Yeah, sheriff
1: and like the sheriff's the main guy, and his cousins like the the sheriff role almost.
0: Yeah, I I like that change. Yeah. All right, this one might be obvious,
1: but who's your MVP of the film? Um. So I'm just just for variance' sake because I think I know what you're gonna say. I, me personally, I'm gonna go with Friar Tuck just for fun.
0: <laughs> okay, that's I like that. I like that you said that. I'm obviously gonna go the sheriff of Nottingham, like just for sure. <laughs> everything he says and does.
1: It's perfect. Yeah, I love I his his performance. This is perfect. But I pick Friar Tuck because I one I don't want to continuously have the same opinion, and secondly, he cracks me up throughout the entire movie.
0: What is your favorite
1: thing about
0: this movie?
1: My favorite it could be a scene, yeah, a scene or whatever. My favorite thing, honestly, I think the whole scene where they're getting them down from the gallows. Um, not even necessarily the like, including the fight between Prince or the Robin Hood and the and the sheriff. Like, I that entire scene to me is is my favorite part of the movie.
0: That's a good one. I'm going to go with the Brian Adams, everything I do song with the companion piece of uh, like the music video mm-hmm. that used to play on MTV back in the day. I can't, which i which oddly enough is not on YouTube. I can't find it anywhere. There's like a, someone put a, like a cover song of it, but it's really weird. It's like Brian Adams is like, it's lame against that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened, but you can't find that video. Did, did but, you I have yeah. the
1: VHS that had the music video playing during the credits? <laughs>
0: Yep, at the very end. Yeah, I I did too. (laughs) That was awesome. Hey, you brought this up earlier. You brought up, uh, it was like the second grossing film of 91. Terminator 2 was number one. Beauty and the Beast was number three. Mm -hmm. Do you know, I actually mentioned this film earlier in the podcast as well, but do you know what the ninth top grossing film of 91 was? The
1: ninth top? No, I don't.
0: The ninth, it barely beat out City Slickers for the ninth spot. <laughs> the The Charlie Sheen led Hot Shots movie, no. also starring Carrie. Ells. Wow, yeah, it like it like just I mean, Adam's Family was seventh, and it just kind of like barely beat Hot Shots.
1: That blows my mind. Like I, um, I enjoy both of those movies. I I like Adam's Family probably more than most for. I don't, there's a there's a million different reasons, but um, no, that I had no idea that that movie did so well. I mean, it makes sense. It's a obviously it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. So I yeah, you blew my mind right there.
0: I just recently rewatched Hot Shots. Like, not I actually I've watched twice probably in the last two weeks. <laughs> it's so funny. I forget. I mean, like I don't know. I don't feel like those straight parody movies would be like do very well on our podcast format, but
1: it's tough. Yeah.
0: Man. Oh funny, man.
1: I uh you Top yeah, and art. you sent me that scene, the the motorcycle and the horse scene. Yeah, <laughs> The dream lover. So
0: that, that is like that's just like man, that's a great scene. Is
1: that we're getting off topic here. Is that one of your go to like parody movies? You know, like,
0: not really, but now it is. <laughs> um I mean, typically I'm probably naked gun. Yeah. But like that brings up another question: like, what's the best parody movie? Like, you you got you know your Naked Guns, Airplane, Men in Tights. We talked about Hot Shots. Hot Shots part two. Like, like nowadays they're just awful. Yeah. But man, like eighties and nineties, had some great had some great parody movies. I, I,
1: I me personally, I've if I have a choice or if it's ever an option, I I go with Naked Gun. I. I love that movie, yeah. and it's always funny, even when you know that stuff's coming. That's how you know it's a good parody movie, though, if you know it's coming and it's still funny.
0: Yeah, like anything with Leslie Nielsen is just gold. Like, he even made, there's one, what's the other one? Uh, wrongfully mm-hmm. Accused. He's got Dracula dead and loving it. He's, I mean, it's the it's the Spy Heart, I think. Like, man, like even some, some of his non naked gun roles are awesome. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. What other questions you got? That's uh, that's all I had for you. So we talked about, I was going to say, I was going to ask like, you know, the English accent thing, you know, if it really bothered you, we talked about that earlier. Um, Semi-related semi to that, or related to like the box office numbers too. I don't know about you. I get the feeling that this movie gets overlooked a lot. Like I think it gets a bad rap for that. English accent kind of thing. And obviously I'm sure, you know, some of the historical inaccuracies. So why do you feel like this movie gets overlooked as much as it does? That's
0: a good question. I feel like most people will be put off immediately by Costner. Yeah. By Costner's not, I think you just said it is, it's supposed to be a, you know, like a period film. Yeah. In English. And he's not even trying, not that, not, not necessarily his fault. I think the director told him that. To, yeah. So, but it just kind of takes you out of it when you just hear Kevin Costner talking in his normal voice and he's just some of the early dialogues is just kind of strange.
1: I wonder, I, I, I think I, to me, I think that's part of it. And I look at like the box office number. So it's the number two grossing movie that year. So obviously it, it doesn't get to that point if people aren't paying to see it and probably repeat paying to see it in some instances, I almost yeah. wonder cuz 1991 was not a huge year in terms of like classic movies I don't think. I mean there's some obviously there's some very good movies but I you know you don't have I don't think you have these like blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster type movies. So I almost wonder if it gets lost in the shuffle as a result of that too.
0: Yeah, it's it's very possible. I mean you had like Silence of the Lambs that year, yeah. like that probably like probably the most popular movie of the year but or uh, well, i mean t2 is pretty popular right too, but as, far, as far as like you know serious you know like academy award significance
1: it's beauty and the Beast. it just seems to me like it's a movie that i think gets glossed over sometimes and again not that i'm like okay this movie is incredible you have to add it to your top 10 but i i feel like it sometimes doesn't get the the love that it's due
0: yeah, I agree. It's a great, it's a great point. My dad loves this movie, and I feel like we watched it all the time, like in the nineties. Yeah. You know, like I, I like I said, I'd watched it probably a couple of years ago, but before that, it had pro- probably been, you know, fifteen years before I come. And back the here. only
1: other question I have for you, and I, I can give you a definitive answer on this one: is this the best Brian Adams song that he's ever written, or ever performed? I should say.
0: Man, it's. It's top two. I really like uh, Summer of 69. I, but I'm going yes. to say yes. Yeah, I, I give it
1: the yes, too. If nothing else, for the combination of how long I heard it and then that music video, too.
0: <laughs> Man, I can remember just like, this thing just dominated the radio waves oh, yeah. in 91. I remember, like, I can, this is weird, and I have like weird memories, but I remember the day I saw, was like, we were going to see this movie with my family. I was at my friend David's house and he had a babysitter and she was like, maybe taking me home or taking me somewhere. But I remember the song was playing in the car and like, I was just so excited. Cause like, you know, my dad had said, we we're going to go see that movie like that night. It was just, a, just great. Memory. I have,
1: I have memories like that too. So you're, trust me, you're not alone. <laughs> All
0: right. So we've seen, this is our fourth movie, Ghostbusters, Turtles, Predator, how are you ranking them?
1: So, really not a lot of change. So, Ghostbusters obviously still top for me. Then Turtles. Then Predator. Then Robin Hood for me.
0: Okay. Mine was Ghostbusters, Predator, Turtles. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to put Robin Hood at the, at the bottom. But I'm going to keep my rest of my order. What's your... Uh...
1: Richter scale rating. So I'm trying to remember. What did I do? You, do you have what I gave Predator last week? Yeah. So you
0: had uh so you got six point four for Ghostbusters, you got a five point seven for turtles and a five even for predator. Oh
1: I was i my bad. i <laughs> I wanted to give I, I meant no. five point I wanted to go right underneath turtles for that so it was supposed to be like five point six.
0: <laughs> my bad I have bad handwriting, okay. five six. my
1: bad. Yeah, so I think for me Robin Hood, um, I give it a 5.4. I give it just a couple notches. Just a little bit slow starting, and obviously there's there's some flaws, but still overall, I think a, a very solid, fun movie.
0: That's a good. That's, that's a very fair rating. I'm going to give it a 5 even. But again, I still enjoy this film. I don't want it to seem like a, yeah, I did that's like okay. film. I just feel like I love it for different yeah. reasons now.
1: It's a it's a guilty pleasure. I understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not even guilty, just Great a pleasure.
0: <laughs> truly is. Speaking of pleasure, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Absolutely,
1: this it's another uh, lengthier show. So hopefully you guys stuck it through with us. And this is our fourth episode. We're on to the historic number five next week.
0: Hey, is your, has your sister been listening to this?
1: I've been asking her and hounding her, and I have not heard any feedback, so I'm going to assume no. <laughs> Can't even get my own family to listen.
0: He's probably like, <laughs> he's like, I'm not, I'm not listening to that show until the uh, Alice in Wonderland from the <laughs> 80s is uh, coming.
1: So you know I have my VHS player in my kitchen, and she gave me those tapes because she's like, you need to show your daughter these whenever she gets old enough. Who boy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, I don't want her to, you know, be like physically, you know, and mentally right, traumatized. obviously Yeah, but that rabbit's terrifying. All right, any shout outs you want to give Um,
1: Not just, um, you know, like I said, obviously, I, I hope, Big Dave, if you're listening or did listen, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I Like I said, I'd be remiss if I didn't emphasize to you just how much Mrs. Cash was fired up about this and her... Frankly, if, if I were in a room with Kevin Costner, she'd leave me in a heartbeat for him to that level. So hope hope she enjoyed the show yeah, as well. I mean, that's, that's a given. All right. Thanks, everybody out there listening. We will see you next week with our very first Kurt Russell film. Pay attention to the Instagram page. We, we won't tell you just yet, but the Instagram page will be updated this week with our first Kurt Russell film to be reviewed next week.
0: I am excited. Who wouldn't be? (laughs) All right. This is Hightower. This is
1: Cash. Enjoy your evening or day or whenever you're listening to this.
0: Adios.